0: We want to read this morning from Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We'll take a few moments and we'll read the 20 verses of the chapter. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 1. The end of the Sabbath as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulcher. Behold there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven And came and rolled back the stone from the door, and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him the keepers did shake, and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly tell his disciples. That he is risen from the dead And behold he goeth before you into Galilee There shall ye see him Lo I have told you And they departed quickly from the sepulchre With fear and great joy And they run to bring his disciples word And as they went to tell his disciples Behold Jesus met them saying all hail And they came and held him by the feet And worshipped him Then said Jesus unto them Be not afraid Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee And there shall they see me now when they were going behold some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done and when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel they gave large money unto the soldiers saying say ye his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept and if this come to the governor's ears we will persuade him and secure you So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away unto Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Lord bless thy word as we turn to it this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. When we think of the Lord Jesus Christ and the cross and Calvary, I'm sure every one of us have different views, different ideas, different thoughts, but we want this morning to think of this great event, the the greatest event of history by the way, you take our calendars, they're dated before Christ, after Christ, our timing, it's the greatest event of all history where the Lord Jesus Christ died and rose again, but we want to see what some people thought of Christ, wonder what Judas thought of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did Judas see in these last moments of Calvary? Well, now, Judas himself thought himself a very able person. When he was out as a disciple preaching, the other disciples didn't come home and say, oh, by the way, Judas didn't get on very well. They didn't come back and say, you know, we saw miracles, but Judas didn't see any. In fact, Judas was quite good. He was as good as the rest in his public ministry. They made him treasure. They trusted him with the money. He pictured himself as capable. He pictured himself in a good job. And he pictured himself in a better job in the future. This is Judas's thinking, I believe, without a doubt. You see, if the Lord Jesus Christ is the king of the Jews and the king of Israel, and he's going to be king, he'll need someone to look after the finances I don't know what you call that in this country but the Chancellor of the Exchequer or something like that. And so he could see himself in time to come when the Lord Jesus Christ was king that he would have an important position and he would definitely have a very good salary. He's ambitious. He's very selfish but ambitious. Sometimes in the work of God some people get very ambitious and very selfish as well, goes with it. A young man back home and I remember him talking to some people and he had come to Ireland to plant churches. and he didn't succeed. And today, I don't know if he even goes to church or not. I saw it. Ambitious, but not of God's will. Now, everybody has some ambition in life. If you had no ambition in life, you wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Isn't that right? <laughs> you'd just lie on. If you had no ambition to do something during the day, you'd just stay in bed, wouldn't you? Tell the wife to bring you a breakfast. We have to have some ambition, but our ambition must be according to the word of God and the will of God and the submission to the word and will of God so easy to get ambitions that are not of God's will Judas he's watching Jesus he knows Jesus is a godly man son of God holy, righteous and then he hears of Calvary Hmm. he hears that there's money to be had He hears of Jesus' death. He talks to the religious leaders. There's thirty large pieces of silver to be had. He hears of Jesus dying. These thirty pieces of silver would buy him. It's all a kind of confusing his thoughts. I believe he's thinking to himself that if Jesus, if he betrays Jesus, he gets the money, he can buy property, he can, maybe there's a little field there or something at the edge of Jerusalem that if he bought that he could start up his little business, he could be well made, his own boss, comfortable. But he didn't realize that this sort of money doesn't make you comfortable. This sort of money doesn't bring Not satisfaction and here he is and he sells Jesus for 30 pieces of silver the previous chapter and the verse 3 says then Judas which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned repented himself brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders he sold the Lord Jesus for 30 pieces of silver Old W.P. Nicholson, when he was preaching in Ireland, he said, there's, Judas got a good price compared to home here, he says, because they're selling Jesus for a bottle of beer or Guinness, as they call it. He sold the Lord Jesus Christ and he got the money, but he couldn't hold the money. He couldn't handle it. He thought somehow Jesus would maybe go before the religious leaders but if he's the son of God and if he is of great wisdom omniscient surely he'll be able to argue his way out of the court case he'll not die but he says when he saw that Jesus was condemned he repented himself He said, I've done wrong, I've made a terrible mistake. He comes back, the money's no good to him. He throws it in the temple. And they said, no, 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 you keep it. And there's an argument and he walks away. The word "repented" there, he's sorry for what he's done. But he didn't turn to Christ for salvation. There's a repentance that you're sorry. But there's not salvation. There's a difference there. Repentance unto salvation is a repentance of turning from sin to turning to Christ as your saviour and he thought somehow Jesus and it didn't work and he looks and he sees that Jesus was a true friend Jesus was innocent Jesus would have been the best friend he ever had and he turned away and it tells us there in chapter 27 verse 4 I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood they said what is that to us see thou to that and he cast down the pieces and the silver in the temple and departed he went and hanged himself a young man with great potential great ability great everything and he takes his life here betrays the Lord Jesus Christ he went a step too far in his selfishness, and his jealousy, and his sin great privilege and he perishes without the saviour and the book of Acts tells us that he went to his own place, the place of, from the pulpit to hell from preaching, from miracles from signs and wonders we could say to be cast out into the lake of fire what did Judas see? He saw some way of making 30 pieces of silver and when he got the money, he couldn't hold it. It cost him his life. We go a little further. We go a little further and we see that the rulers of the religious rulers, they took Jesus to Pilate. Now, what did Pilate see? Pilate saw this ordinary looking man coming in. There's no beauty that we should behold him. As Isaiah said, there's nothing special about him. He's a man that has got some followers gathered up and he's a teacher of some kind and there's nothing big and powerful about this man. Pilate would have heard the stories of miracles, of the blind receiving their sight and the Liam walking. And I'm sure he was a bit sceptical and saying, well, we'll see, Pilate the Roman He wasn't very happy with the Jews anyway. He knew the Jews hated Jesus. He had met with the religious leaders and they'd been crying out, Crucify Him! and there'd been all kinds of hatred and bitterness and envy. They said, Jesus wants to be king. He says he's king of the Jews. We can't have a king of the Jews. We can't have Pilate allowing this. Pilate, you can't allow this. Pilate, you can't allow someone to take over the Jewish nation. After all, we're under the Romans. We're under Caesar. And it's not just as plain as it looks here. He questions Jesus. He sees he's very honest. Honest. He sees he's very innocent. Verse 19 of chapter 27 and when he sat down in the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have nothing to do with this just man. I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. So he sees a man who he feels is innocent. He's honest. And then his wife sends him a message. Be careful what you're doing. He had a good wife to advise him, such. What are you going to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? Be careful what you do with the Lord Jesus Christ. So he, he says, no, I better get out of this.'ve I, I, I can't make some silly mistake like Judas did. It's not worth it. I better get out of this." And so he, he hears that Jesus is under Herod's jurisdiction, and he said, "Look go away and see Herod. Take him away to Herod. And so he goes off to Herod, but Christ didn't speak a word to Herod. Heard wanted to see some miracles or something fancy, but nothing happened. He comes back to Pilate. So Pilate thinks to himself, now, what will I do now? This is one of these awkward days at the office, as they say. I know. There's a real evil, bad prisoner down there called Barabbas. I know, I do. So he goes out to the crowd and he says, look, who will you have? Will you have this evil man, Barabbas, murder, sedition, everything Or will you have Jesus? You've only put Jesus here for envy and. He's innocent. Nice man. This is an evil man. This was a sinless man. This was a sinful man. And so the crowd have to choose. And they choose to let Barabbas go free. They choose that. They choose to let Barabbas go free. The evil killer is going to walk the streets of Jerusalem again. And Pilate says, oh, I, I'm going to wash my hands. I, I, I can't I wash my hands of the whole thing. No, no, they said, you've got to make a decision. It's the same with you and I today, friend. What will we do with Jesus? You make the decision. We put in this life for a short time, some short, some long this life is a preparation for eternity first of all it's a preparation for heaven or hell it's what will we do with Jesus will prepare our destiny in time to come and what is Pilate going to do with the Lord Jesus what are we going to do with the Lord Jesus are we going to accept him as our saviour and say he's innocent yes or are we going to try and wash our hands and make excuses and Ach, well, we'll not make a decision today and we put it off did all that, Pilate did all that we read there in chapter 27 and the verse 24 Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing but that rather a tumult was my getting rowdy he, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying I am innocent of the blood of this just person and then he says see to it see to it verse 26 then released he Barabbas unto them and when he had scourged Jesus he delivered him to be crucified that must have been a terrible thing the scourging probably 39 lashes of the whip the tearing the pain the agony some even died going through their scourging and then he says he, he said, see you to it he scourges him he tries to bring the sympathy of the people out It still doesn't work. And he says, see to it. He delivered him to be crucified. He made sentence, friend. He decided against Christ. He decided against Christ. In these services that we hold, men and women come in and all we're delighted when they make such a decision that they want Christ as their saviour but oh, I believe men and women come to their little services and they listen to the internet and they make a decision that they don't want Christ to be their savior they don't he rejects the Lord why did he reject the Lord Jesus Christ well the crowd were there the people were there he wanted the people's vote he, there was quite a tumult he didn't want a riot he didn't want it reported back to Rome that there's another riot in Jerusalem he, he wanted he liked his job he liked his position as governor, and he liked the he he liked his friendship with Caesar too. They told him in another verse that if you are a friend of Jesus, you're not the friend of Caesars. He liked this company. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? Crucify him. If the Lord Jesus Christ walked the streets today, how many would go out and they would cry, crucify him, away with this man. We don't want this man to rule over us. Crucify him. And so they take the Lord Jesus and he's handed to the soldiers. The soldiers take him. I wonder what they see. What did the soldiers see? Judas has seen 30 pieces of silver in some way of making some money and he overstepped his margins completely and he's dead, he's gone to hell. We see Pilate and what's he going to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? And he says, take him, deliver him, crucify him. And Pilate has overstepped his mark. And we see the soldiers, they take a hold of him. Verse 27 of chapter 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him, The whole band of soldiers, they stripped him, they put him on a scarlet robe. All the soldiers gathered round the Romans, they've got a free for all here. They can do what they like. He's a criminal, we can treat him as roughly as we want to treat him. This is part of the job and this is part of the fun we have. And they stripped the clothes off him, and they said, he, He claims to be the king of Israel, he claims to be the king of the Jews they didn't have any time for the Jews they didn't have any time for criminals either they just were Roman soldiers they put on the scarlet the red robe upon him they put a crown of thorns on his head they put a reed in his hand and they bow and they mock him and they said hail king of the Jews it's mockery do we never hear mockery today? out in the streets, out in the factories, out in business we do surely. And the Bible says the idle words, the mockery, be accounted for. They spit on him, they greet him He's been scourged. They take him then they change his. Oh yes, they took the reed and they hit him over the head. Just think of that. Crown of thorns, the large, large thorns that grew in Israel, they drive him into the head of the Saviour. They take off the, 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 the scarlet robe. They put on his clothes again. They walk him off through the streets of Via Della Rosa, through the little streets of Jerusalem. They're heading outside the city wall, the place of Golgotha, the place of a skull, the place of crucifixion. And they take him there. As a hymn writer says, you can hear the dull blow of the hammer swung low. They're nailing my Lord to the tree. And the custom was that as they would put up the three crosses, the one in the middle was the most evil. The one in the middle was the one that deserved to die more than the other two thieves. There, as the Lord hangs between heaven and earth. The soldiers hear every word. My Lord, my Lord, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They hear the conversation between Christ and the thieves. They hear the thieves cursing. They hear the one thief repenting and saying, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It was Talmadge the writer. He said, Lord, when the gates of heaven open, remember me. When the choirs of heaven begin to sing again, when you're entering home to glory, remember me. When you walk the golden streets of heaven, Lord, remember me. And the soldiers would have heard all this. The soldiers would have seen one thief rejecting Christ and one thief accepting Christ. They would have realized that one of the thieves saw himself as a sinner and he's pleaded for salvation. The soldiers hear all the final words. They see the darkness at the sixth hour to the ninth. Must have been a dreadful darkness, by the way. Darkness is frightening. Many, some years ago we were in France and we were at one of the sites of war sites and we come back up to the car park and all these buses and people gathered in and I, I said to the wife, we're not that popular are we? <laughs> what are they all coming to see us for? So I asked them, so I said, what, what's on today? Well they said it's a, an eclipse now I don't know whether it was a solar eclipse or a lunar eclipse, or, but it was an eclipse anyway we were standing about waiting and, Crowds and crowds of people, and had all sorts of glasses and stuff, watching and looking. And then, ah, the sun was shining, and it started to dull down. It got duller and duller and duller, until it got totally dark. It was so dark that down the road the street lights came on. Let me tell you, friend, there was a hush of fear, and through that crowd, it was twelve o'clock in the day. It should have been the brightest time of the sun, and it was black dark. Ha! Must have been something when the darkness fell and the soldiers saw it. Chapter 27, and the verse 54, what did it say? Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake, and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Ah, we're learning. Judas has rejected Jesus. Pilate has rejected Jesus. And here's the soldiers, these rough, bloodthirsty men. And they realize this is the Son of God. The darkness has come. The death has come. What are we going to do with the body hanging on the tree? Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they're there. They've been watching from a distance. They say, we better do something there were two men that loved the saviour joseph a very wealthy man it's interesting in the scriptures and in churches there's some and they're very wealthy and the others are very poor and there's some used of god in one way and used of god in another way and here were two men coming together nicodemus he was a very religious man and joseph a very wealthy man but their hearts both of them had a great love for christ yeah both of them had a great love for Christ. In George Whitefield's time, uh, when he was preaching here in America, my, when they came forward to kneel to accept Christ as their saviour, the rich, the poor, they knelt beside each other. And it's a common salvation. It doesn't matter about riches or, 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 or wealth or poverty or colours. No. It's a love for Christ who forgave them and they watch the crucifixion and they watch it in grief and you can see these two men and the tears run down their cheeks as they watch Christ die and what will we do with the body well what do they normally do they take the body down off the cross and they throw it in the Kidron Valley unless someone claims the body unless some of the family generally the thief is never claimed he's just cast out and so they think and I see them having a little conversation we must do something what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Joseph says, well, I have a tomb, a burial tomb. It's just down, if you beat Israel, it's just down at the bottom of the hill there, under children. It's not finished, but... We'll go and we'll ask Pilate, would he give us the body, and we'll bury it down in that new tomb. I'll tell you something, friend. You talk about courage, that's Courage asking for the body of Christ who has been crucified, that you will take sides with the Lord Jesus Christ and you will let them know that you're willing. And it says there that they begged the body of Jesus. They had to beg and they probably had to pay for it. And there's two of them. I I like this. When you read this carefully, friend. there's certain jobs that it takes one to do and there's certain jobs it takes two to do. (laughs) Sometimes it takes three or four. This is one of the jobs that needs two people and God has prepared the heart of two people to go together to get the body and this is not going to be easy. They go and they take the cross down. They pull the nails out. They embalm the body. Let me tell you something. If you handle a dead body very much you'll know if they're dead or alive you'll know if they're dead or alive we have a great dispute in modernist theology that Jesus wasn't dead he only fainted let me tell you. ask Joseph is he dead he said he's dead ask Nicodemus is Jesus dead yes he's dead he's cold he's dead we've unbound the body we carried the body we laid it in the tomb he's dead we rolled the stone over to keep out the animals and all the things and he's dead. He's dead. Later on Joseph and Nicodemus would look at the tomb and they'd said, He's alive. <laughs> Amen. We knew he was really dead, but I'll tell you something we know now he's really alive this is the difference with our salvation friend we have a living saviour up from the grave here rose with a mighty triumph for his foes oh my he was really dead he died but he's really alive there in the garden we see some of the ladies arriving what do you think of Jesus I see Mary Magdalene arriving what a woman She'd been chained by sin. She'd been chained by the devil. She'd been possessed. She'd been a dreadful sinner. Oh, but she had met the Lord Jesus Christ and he had set her free. Set free. And she had been to Calvary and she watches the Lord being crucified and her heart is broken. The one that she loved, the one that saved her, the one that forgave her. And I see at Calvary, she pushes through. She knows Jesus would love a drink of water, and the soldiers push her. Stay back, you ladies, stay back. Let him die. She would love to go and give him a drink, she'd love to hold his hand, but there was no one there to do that. She comes along. The Sunday morning with the embalming equipment with her friends. It took more than one to do this job as well, by the way. The tomb's empty. Oh, they had their worries and did their stress. How are we going to move this stone? How are we going? And when they arrive, God solved the problems for them. We read in chapter twenty-eight and the verse six. He is not here, for he is risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay. How's that manage? How's that? I saw them take the body down. I watched from a distance. I watched Joseph and Nicodemus. They put the body in that tomb. They rolled that stone over, the stones rolled away. And he's not here, he's risen. It's all happening so quick, it's like a dream. He's not there. And then she hears the voice Rabboni, Master, my Savior. What do you think of Jesus? Judas sold him. Pilate, he sentenced him to death. The centurions, they said, Look, this is the Son of God. This man's different. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they said, We love him. We can't leave his body hanging on the tree. We can't leave him or let them put his body in the caedron volley. We must, we must take this man's body and we must take Christ and put him in the tomb and give him a decent burial. But he rose. What does Mary Magdalene think? She loves him. She loves him. Come see the place where the Lord lay. He's not here. We read in chapter 28 and verse 7. It says he's not here. Go quickly. Tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. There's come. Come see the place for the Lord and then go. Friend, we've been to the communion this morning. We've been in church this morning. We've talked about Christ. We've talked about Calvary. We've talked about the precious blood and the broken body. And then what does it say? Go. Go quickly. And tell his disciples. Go and talk about the Saviour. Isn't that lovely? Go and tell others of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10 Then said Jesus unto them Be not afraid. Why do we often not speak for Christ? And I say this myself because we are afraid. Yeah. Fear. Why do we not speak of I was afraid. We won't admit it. Oh, we put ourselves up. I'm tough. I'm I'm not afraid of this. But we are afraid. The Lord comes and he says, Come see that we have a risen Savior. Go quickly and tell, don't be afraid. Verse ten. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Now, there's an interesting little part there. Go go to Galilee. Before Jesus was crucified, he said, I'm going to die, and so forth. But I want you to go to Galilee and meet me. And here he sends the same message. They knew the disciples would know this is the same message Jesus gave us. Therefore, Jesus lives. The Lord comes to us this morning and He says, What do you think of Christ? Come, Calvary, the old rugged cross where He hung. It's empty. Come see the place where He lay. The tomb's empty. He lives. He lives. He lives within my heart. Now, come, see, go. Go quickly. Don't be afraid. And then he says, lo, I am with you always. When you fall in love with someone or something, you talk about them. Don't you? Yeah. When I was in Scotland in Bible school, (laughs) I had to go to two or three Bible schools before I got anywhere, but I was in Bible school, and I, I saw a young lady and I liked her. I didn't say much in college about her but when I come home I told my mum and dad I said I I see a nice girl I like. And then sometime later I phoned home and says I'm coming home and I'm bringing the girl I like home with me. (laughs) And when you love you talk and you're not ashamed. I said in one meeting after we were together some time, I said I went down the street with my girlfriend on my arm like a farmer with a new bucket. (laughs) If you understand what that is. If you don't, I'll tell you later. And when we love the Lord Jesus Christ, friend, we'll talk about him. And when we love the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll not be ashamed of him. It would be an awful thing. If you didn't talk about the one you loved It be an awful thing if you were ashamed Of the one you loved Let's pray Our Heavenly Father we thank thee for thy word We thank thee for the wonderful experience To sit this morning At the Lord's table in remembrance Of the great place of Calvary We thank thee Lord Jesus For the shedding blood and the broken body and Lord, as we look, we see Calvary this morning and we can say with our hearts today, we love thee. With all our faults and sins and failures, we love thee. And we pray, Lord, that we will not be ashamed of thee and we speak well of our Saviour, even in the incoming week, that you will lead and guide us step by step. Bless throughout the day. Make it a good day to have rest and friendship and fellowship. Remember the evening service. You know the message that you've led in our heart for tonight, Lord that you'll bless us again around thy word. In Jesus' name.